0: And welcome back to another episode of the Classroom Commute Podcast. Over the past couple months here on the podcast, I've been peppering in conversations about digital citizenship. Every few weeks or so, I've refocused our conversations on this digital citizenship topic and have kind of covered different aspects of digital citizenship. So we've discussed things like helping students understand the concept of media balance and how to teach them about privacy and security online and how to be mindful about the digital footprint that they are leaving behind. And these are all great conversations to weave in to your everyday conversations with students as they're interacting online and on digital devices, because the more and more we have digital devices in our classroom, the more these conversations are going to come up. But in today's episode, I'm going to talk about one element of digital citizenship that keeps me up at night, cyberbullying. I have two young kids, my daughter is eight and my son is three, and I worry about what online life is going to look like when they reach the age of social media and interacting online. It's pretty limited at this point. They don't have social media, obviously. They don't go on websites without my approval or being right there with them. But that time is going to come and it's not going to be that far off. And it's already such a scary place online, and it just keeps getting worse, in my opinion. And I worry about how ruthless online can be for young people especially. So that's why I believe that we all need to take a part in the conversation of cyberbullying, including in the classroom. This topic might be one of the most important digital citizenship concepts that we teach students. And in this podcast episode, I want to explore how teachers can be part of that conversation. Let's get started. It's likely that your students are familiar with the term bullying. I actually think that schools have done a really good job at taking a stand against bullying. I know there's lots of resources out there and school assemblies and just classroom conversations around bullying. It's not a perfect process, but at least in my own experiences, I've seen evidence of schools making it a priority to stop bullying and making it a part of their school values. But cyberbullying is a beast all on its own. It's easier to control bullying when it's within the walls of your school. But once it's taken online, schools and teachers and other adults in your building have less control. And like we've talked about in our episode on digital footprints, once something is out there online, it becomes nearly impossible to erase the tracks and the damage of our online actions. So cyberbullying might be a term that you need to explicitly teach students, especially for younger students who are just getting started with their online interactions. So a good place to start is just by having students share with their understanding of what bullying is and give some examples. Then you can introduce the term cyber and let students know that when you use the word cyber, you're referring to anything online. So cyberbullying is bullying that happens online. Talk about what that might look like. Without giving too much probing, it will be interesting to see what students already understand when it comes to cyberbullying. Simply by asking what do you think cyberbullying looks like will give you insight to what students already have experienced themselves or have witnessed others experiencing. So start with a conversation that just lets students take the lead. At its core, cyberbullying is all about our words, more specifically, the power of our words. So here's a quick exercise that you can do with students to help them see the power of words in action. Use a simple phrase like, how are you doing? To illustrate the power of words, here's what I mean. Write this phrase where students can see it. So on your smart board, on a chalkboard, wherever, where students can see it. And read this phrase in multiple ways. For example, you might read it with a warm, inviting tone. Like, how are you doing? Or a concern tone. How are you doing? Or even a mockery tone. How are you doing? You can see the difference in all three of those ways. It's the same words, but they're used differently. And each time the phrase is read, ask students how it would make them feel. Now, ask them to just read the phrase wherever you have it written to themselves. Ask them, how does just seeing the words in text make them feel? How do they interpret it just by from the text alone? So you can point out that when we just see words without the voice behind it, without the inflection, without the tone, it becomes difficult to interpret what it means or the intention behind the words. And we might all interpret it differently because we all bring with us different experiences. And of course, online, that is all we have. We just have the words. So everybody's going to interpret the words differently. Now, of course, the phrase, how are you, it's simple, but we can use this as a way to start the conversation and then shift it to other things that could be written or shared online, words that carry a heavier weight, words that might refer to someone specifically. We might say something that might just be funny in our brains, but to someone else, it could be hurtful words. And when we aren't face-to-face, when we aren't using our words, when we aren't using the tone of our voice, the meanings of our words get harder and harder for others to interpret. This is the power of our words, so we want to start the conversation here and help students to realize that we have power through our words. I mentioned the THINK acronym in one of our earlier conversations about digital citizenship, and the acronym works perfectly when it comes to thinking about cyberbullying as well. So if you're unfamiliar, the THINK acronym is T stands for true, H stands for helpful, I, inspiring, N, necessary, and K, kind. So students can kind of keep this acronym in the back of their mind and use it as a filter for what they're sharing online. So what they're sharing online, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? This is a great place to start when helping students to choose their words wisely, and it's a great acronym for you to have posted somewhere in your classroom just for in general use of how we talk to each other. I also think it's important to take it one step further and teach the concept of empathy and teach students to imagine the feelings of others before acting specifically in this conversation before acting online? How would the comment that they're about to make make others feel? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring, necessary, or kind? But the thing that we also want to teach students is that their words hold power, but that they also have control over their words. They can or cannot post something online. So we can help them take ownership of their actions online because they have the power to either use them or not use those words. We also want to teach students not to just be mindful of the power of their words, but that it's equally as important to teach students how to respond when they experience or they witness cyberbullying themselves. We can teach students that first and foremost they should tell a trusted adult about their experience. But we also wanna teach them the importance of being an upstander, somebody who is in support or defends the person being bullied because we want them to know that the more power that we give the person being bullied by supporting them and standing up for them, the less power the bully has. You might even consider making a chart with students outlining several scenarios of cyberbullying, maybe even authentic experiences that your class has known about, experienced, or witnessed themselves. On this chart, you can list the ways that students could respond if they were the ones being bullied versus how they would respond as an upstander supporting the person being bullied. So think of it like a three column chart. In the first column, you have the scenario, in the second column, you have how somebody could respond if they were the one being bullied. And then the third column could be how they would respond as an upstander supporting the person being bullied. And go through several examples, several scenarios. The thing is, is we need to give students concrete examples of how to respond in cyberbullying situations because we need to explicitly teach them what to say, what to do. We need to teach them what cyberbullying looks like in their terms, in real situations that they might encounter. So we have to kind of stop talking about cyberbullying in general terms and give concrete examples so that they know how to recognize it and what to do in response make cyberbullying a continuous conversation in your classroom in whatever developmentally appropriate way you can. Obviously, you're going to take into consideration your students' ages and experiences and talk about it on their level. And when something arises that constitutes as cyberbullying, even at a very basic level, you want to talk about it, discuss it, brainstorm ways to respond, call it out. When you overhear something students are saying that falls under that category of cyberbullying, call it out. The line between just being funny and actually cyberbullying is not a clear line for many students. So the more examples they have, the more we call it out, the better they will be able to identify it in the future. And if appropriate, use real stories that students might be hearing about in the school or even on the news. Of course, keeping in mind what's developmentally appropriate for your age group. Authenticity is what's really going to make the difference here. When students can apply what they're learning to real-life situations, it's a much more powerful learning experience. All right, I want to bring this conversation to a close for today, but I want to encourage you to reflect on how you can weave in these conversations into your classroom or reflect on the conversations that you've already had. Take the lead from your students and listen to their conversations. Be open and honest with students and always come from a place of love to help students understand their role in combating cyberbullying. And if you want to check out any of the other conversations that we've had in this little mini series on digital citizenship, I'll link to the past episodes in the show notes because each episode has some really actionable, tangible ways that you can have these conversations with your students and begin implementing best digital citizenship practices in your classroom so that, of course, they can take those practices outside of the classroom into their everyday lives. All right, that is all I have for you today. I hope you have a good rest of your day and I will be back again next week with another episode. Bye for now.